0: Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com. One of the most influential documents in the past two years in regards to federal government cybersecurity was the December 2008 report from the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th presidency. That document has helped shape the new Obama administration cybersecurity policy as well as legislation before Congress. I'm pleased to welcome back Harry Redegate. He's a retired Air Force general and one-time director of the Defense Information Systems Agency. He's now chairman of the Deloitte Center for Cyber Innovation and co-chair of the Commission of Cybersecurity for the 44th presidency. Welcome back, General. Thank you, Eric. It's good to be with you. I want to get to the Commission's recent work shortly. But first, how has the government's cybersecurity changed since the Commission issued its initial report almost two years ago?
1: Well, I think there's been a tremendous change uh, within the government since our first report was issued. When I think about it, Melissa Hathaway gives uh, our commission's report great credit as a foundational document for kicking off the 60-day assessment that the president asked for. And, of course, that assessment began less than 30 days with the administration in office. Also, the cyberspace policy review that was issued as a result of the 60-day assessment was was issued in May of 2009. Additionally, we had a cyber security coordinator appointed for the first time in our nation's history in December. Also, the U.S. Cyber Command just stood up two months ago. The government has changed significantly since our our first report.
0: Are we any more secure?
1: Well, I think we're moving toward being more secure because we've got a lot of key people in key positions, and I think there's a great roadmap and framework for actions to be accomplished. We have many, many activities uh, both in government and industry who are working toward the success of those initiatives that we've tried to put in place.
0: We're recording this conversation the second full week in July, and I believe the Commission met again this past week or so. Is that correct? That's correct. What's on the agenda for the Commission now? And what can we expect in the coming months and years, especially the topics that are being explored?
1: Some of those areas uh, include the cybersecurity workforce, which many, many people were talking to us about, dynamic defense of our networks, and also international engagement. We've had a very lively dialogue ongoing with these subjects, and not all of our members have completely agreed on the next steps forward, but we are certainly making progress on our discussions and perhaps what might be uh, recommendations that will come out in the future. One ground rule, however, that we had with our commission and entering into a second report possibility was that we wanted to make sure that we had new and bold recommendations, just like we had in in report uh, number one. We also wanted to make sure that we weren't asking for something that wasn't implementable. So any ideas that we had needed to be bold and new and also implementable. We also wanted to ensure that anything we recommended would have an impact on security in the near
0: term. Let's just delve briefly into some of these issues. We don't have to go into a lot of detail. But you mentioned about the workforce. How would you characterize the cybersecurity workforce, and what are the big challenges there?
1: We see the need for a trained cybersecurity workforce, and I think we're starting to see a number of actions now that are, that are happening across the nation and within the various departments. People are asking for more cyber-trained professionals, and we're also seeing educational institutions, universities standing up to this call for cyber-trained people. And so our government, I think, is really asking for this, and also uh, industry is asking for it. A cyber-trained workforce is the foundational element for the way we are going to move ahead in this, uh, this dynamic
0: area. Is the idea that you'll come up with concrete examples of what the government should do or sort of suggestions of a path they should follow to address this issue?
1: The areas that we've been discussing we'll get into each one of those areas. We would have sort of what's going on now, what's available, because in a lot of cases, people are not even aware of the different uh, opportunities that exist out there or the different organizations or activities that they can become uh, involved with or, or aligned with. Also, we're planning to make recommendations in this area that the administration or other activities can pick up on and move out with based on our experience and, uh, and our
0: study during this last year. You also talk about dynamic defense. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, that's really the situational awareness that General Alexander, as a matter of fact, uh, called for uh, increased capability with leading the United States Cyber Command. We really have to be very agile with all of the attacks that are coming at us uh, these days. They're very, very complex. They're very dynamic. And our networks are exceptionally busy, not only with passing all of the good traffic that we intend to get from point A to point B, but also in trying to defend our networks to ensure that they can operate properly.
0: Now, if I understand with the uh, idea of situational awareness, it's basically knowing who's in the system, correct, if they're trying to attack? Absolutely. And that is still presents, I guess, quite a challenge. The technology is not quite there, is that correct?
1: Well, we have the technology to geolocate, if you will, where the computer is that's being used. We quite often find that in one nation or another, but the problem is who is actually on that computer? Who's using it? And more importantly, what is their intent of any adverse activity that they're pushing against us in our networks?
0: The third area that you mentioned was international engagement. In what respect is the Commission looking into this?
1: There's opportunity in the international world to work with other nations. We're finding that so many other nations are in the same situation that we are, and they're looking for uh, new ideas on how to control and be in charge of cyberspace and to have proper cybersecurity techniques. And so I think there's a lot of sharing and information among international players. And there also may even be an opportunity in the future for exploring treaties on things not to attack, just as we have had treaties in that area of national defense in the past. Everything is on the table in this area, and I think it's a rich environment for being able to talk with the international community.
0: So when you talk about something like a treaty's what not to attack, such as not attacking each nation's electrical grid, that kind of thing?
1: Sure. We could have a treaty that would protect uh, critical infrastructures. We have decided on those types of critical infrastructures, and each nation of the world has the same type of critical elements that they depend on for their nation's security.
0: That's helpful, and when you're dealing with other nation-states, I guess that still presents a problem when you're dealing with terrorist organizations
1: terrorist organizations are probably a a different category, and I don't think we'll ever be entering into any type of agreement or a treaty with them. They're a different breed, and we handle them differently with other issues and matters uh, with our government.
0: You mentioned these three areas. So what is the process now with the Commission's work, and when do we expect to see some kind of recommendations?
1: we cited on the fact that there were some key areas. I mentioned three of them, for example, uh, we have been addressing together this last year. Every member of our commission comes uh, with a very strong background. They're very strong individuals, but they come with different points of views. The issues are widely debated, both on our commission as they are elsewhere in our population today. So we have decided that our report would be issued uh, only if we have these new bold recommendations, like we carried forward in report one, that the recommendations we are making are implementable and uh, the fact that they need to also have an immediate impact on the security of our nation.
0: I don't want to read anything into what you're saying, but I just want to clarify a point. You said people come with different views, which is, of course, not uncommon. I mean, we see this in Congress as they debate this, although there seems to be sort of a a general acceptance of what should be done. It's maybe the specifics. Are we dealing in that kind of situation, or is there something that could really threaten some kind of agreement from occurring with
1: your commission? The deeper you go into some of these and the fact that if you're going to have some sort of a bold movement forward, that gets out of some individual's comfort zone. We could just make some recommendations that have either been stated in the past or or are not very bold in nature, and I don't think that would serve what we're trying to do with our commission at all. What we're trying to do is come up with bold new ideas that the administration and others can take on board and consider for moving ahead, organizational alignment.
0: Thank you, General, for taking time to speak with me. Thank you, Eric. I've been speaking with General Harry Radigui, co-chair of the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th presidency. For GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.